My friends call me SMAP, which is my initials. And I'm just a, to be honest, casual fan of the show. I really like it, but um, I don't have any great in-depth secrets. I have no idea what the producers or the writers were trying to accomplish. I just have opinions. <coughs> so how? Uh, I'm, my name is Kristen Jackson. I'm a graphic designer. I work mostly in film. Um, and I too am like a, a casual fan of the show. I, I'm actually, I didn't see the earlier seasons at all. Also, oh. I'm relying on y'all to, to tell me why I need to go back and rewatch all the earlier seasons. Uh, it's because mm -hmm. the early seasons are better. <laughs> yeah, that's why you need to go back and rewatch them. Good morning, my name is Kimmy Ray. I do podcasting and live streaming, and I'm very excited to talk about Lena Luther today. Oh, the wow. reason you should go back and watch all the seasons. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, my name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast called Supergirl Radio. We are a weekly show that talks about the Supergirl TV series, but we also talk about Supergirl comics and Helen Slater movie. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can find us at supergirlradio.com. We also do uh, video live streams as well. So we're on YouTube at youtube.com slash podcast. So if you ever have any thoughts about the show, let us know. Huzzah, we have an expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't you kick us off? Because you know the most about this. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I guess my, uh, my initial question that I guess I would pose to the uh, <coughs> panel is... Uh, what do you think of the uh, initial start to the season? Uh, we, we just got out of the Phantom Zone. Uh, so what did you think about that for those first kind of seven episodes uh, in the Phantom Zone trying to get Kara uh, out of it? I actually found it quite interesting to watch, to see how, how their team worked without her and how she worked on her own because she's been doing almost all of her stuff in the past couple of seasons with her group of of uh, friends, super friends. Um, and I will confess I never expected to run into her dad. <laughs> I think one of the things that, that this show is doing well that mm -hmm. some of the others I think have found some struggles with is putting our hero in a position of being a mentor to a team. Yeah. If you contrast this with, you know, in the in the next time slot, we're going to be talking about Flash, for example. While Supergirl has its flaws, and we will talk about it, <laughs> in the position of having Kara actually mentor other heroes, yep. mentor other humans, mm -hmm. and quite tangibly grow, this season has really shown that. There's a few cheesy monikers. I maybe don't need to hear the term Supergirl and Friends five times yeah. an episode, but yeah. the point still stands that I believe this premise that she is now a mentor and that her team can function without her, functions better with her, and that she has grown since season one. I agree. I felt the same way too, just from my more limited experiences that they took away one of the key players removed it from the team dynamic. And it seems like a very team-driven series. So you took away a key member, had them need to figure out and function on their own. And then she needed to be, you know, solo without anyone else to rely on. And I mean, like, literally cut off from 
the whole every planet <laughs> and everything. Her powers, I mean, it, it just, so being able to overcome a difficulty like that and still maintain herself, um, you know, I really enjoyed that, that sort of storyline. Yeah, I think the idea of it is really cool because Supergirl has such a history with the Phantom Zone. Uh, in the you know the canon of the series, she was stuck in the Phantom Zone for so, such a long time as a child, and uh, she's been in the Phantom Zone in Supergirl the movie and on Smallville. So she has a not not more than Superman, but when I think of Supergirl, like one of the big things is she she usually gets stuck in the Phantom Zone. Uh, so that that was fun to actually get to see that happen. My only critique of that, and this is not maybe something they could control because of Melissa's maternity leave, is uh, that most of those first seven episodes, Supergirl was in it for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, that, to me, didn't really uh, have much of, it didn't carry a lot of weight. Uh, if it were me in my show and there were no you know, boundaries, I would probably have spent more time with Kara in the Phantom Zone. Uh, so that was a little bit of a letdown, but I did like the idea of her finding her father in uh, the in the Phantom Zone and uh, seeing all of that develop. So and and we also got the introduction of storage units in the Phantom Zone, which was uh, a delightful surprise to me. I was like, what do they need to store in the Phantom Zone? What are they storing in there? They had cubby holes and stuff. Uh, so that was uh, pretty fun to think about who built that building and why they needed a you know building in the Phantom Zone. Uh, but so I, I think they, they did pretty well handling, you know, the limited amount of screen time uh, from Melissa Benoist. So I'm, I'm glad that moving forward, she'll, she'll be more present in the episodes. But, uh, but I think they tried to do as much as they could, like with the team dynamics getting around. Um, so I guess uh, the next thing, I think you brought up a good uh, question that I could pose to everybody. We'll kind of look at both sides. Um, so to start off, what do you think the show is doing well in the final season? Um, I think they're doing really well with the character development and having them be, have it make sense. I had a whole lot of problem with the previous season with Brainiac going off on this, you know, his, his wild vision of the world, which didn't match what everybody else saw. But this year they're actually, what the characters are doing makes sense for that character. And I, I appreciate that. I like, um, you were talking about mentoring, I like with them introducing her father to Earth and telling him, okay, these are the things you can do here. These are the things you've got to be careful about. And I, I like that. I like the way that the, the team is starting to learn what the strengths and weaknesses of each member are and how to, how to mesh those to the best effect, and I think they've been doing that very well. I think I really liked, you know, uh, tying into that, the episode with the fear dreams, mm, where you yes. had every character kind of exposed for uh, what they fear most in their in their lives. And, in, and also, you know, just from the, the film standpoint, the cinematography of going back and each, we're seeing the scene from each person's different perspective. That was just fun. I yeah. really enjoyed that episode. It was kind of a departure for their, their normal kind of formulaic uh, way of structuring the episodes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was a really good episode. <laughs> I think in terms of what they're doing well, like I said, I think having Kara grow is a strength here and not um, 
not doing take backsies on her crew. <laughs> having yeah. constant reversion, which we do see pretty frequently in superhero shows in order to generate the option of a new plot. In terms of what I, I feel is a struggle here, okay, don't judge me. Really like romance on shows like this, and there's just no romance that's really drawing me in. Yes, the whole thing with her sister and Jimmy Olsen's sister is very cute. That's the closest thing we've got to a good romance on this show, and it's good, it's good. But is it tugging at my heartstrings? Am I in a position where I'm having to root for them? No. And I know that's really shallow, and we should care about saving the world or whatever. <laughs> but it, comic books are kind of soap opera y, and I really like to see my hero in a great romance, and I think we really can have. Kara in a great romance and still be Supergirl and still be strong and still be what I, you know, like it's not either save the world or be loved. I, I, I would really love to see her in a good romance and, and we haven't in a while. Well, so, the, so the relationship dynamics for you are lacking. They're, they're like friend dynamics yeah. and there's a lot of good interplay with the friend relationships between the characters but not as deep right. as what you want or think this would make the, the episodes better right or just the general story arcs exactly and i think especially because she is superpower she is an alien it is nice in for example you know we look at something like superman and lois or just any superman storyline we see him fall in love with humanity through falling in love with Lois. And that doesn't have to be the path for Kara by any means. There's a wealth of comic book history that we can draw from and get a good romance for her. And I, and I would like to see it. I, I think they may be a little gun shy on it because they have given her romances in past seasons and I didn't love them. I think maybe a lot of us didn't love some of her past romances. So maybe they're just kind of putting a moratorium on 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 those loves right now in general. But I'm ready for a good one, and, and I think they can do it. Yeah, the show has struggled with doing a romance, particularly in Picard. I think season two was the only time they actually really saw it through with yeah. Mon-El, yeah. which I think made that season. I know a lot of people had issues with Mon-El, but I think the way that they... Uh, played it from uh, premiere to finale was really there was an emotional uh, arc that Kara especially went through with Monel, which I thought was great. Um, but yeah, the uh, the show I think the problem with the show is that they'll build it up and build it up and build it up like Kara and James or Kara and William, and and then they just cut it off at the knees for some reason. Uh, they they randomly did that. I, I don't know if it was last week. Uh, but they, they were like, oh yeah, William's got an off-screen girlfriend that we've never heard about. And it's like, well, yeah, how, yeah. how am I supposed to get invested in a romance like that? Right. So, so yeah, I think the show, that's one of the things that they probably could do better if they chose to do a romance. Uh, even with Alex and uh, Kelly, it's, you know, we don't get to spend a lot of time with them, so it's hard to get invested that way. Um, so, yeah, I think that's maybe one of the things that maybe they can improve on. And if anybody has any thoughts, you know, feel free to raise your hand and share them. Yeah, go ahead. One, one word to bottle out of the dissension. Super Corp. <laughs> that is a, that's it's, it's quite right the, there. A, the, the topic. Um, yeah, so I think there are some, some things that maybe they could do uh, to do better. So I guess maybe that would be a way to kind of segue into the next uh, thing is, um, I, I know you shared your thoughts about what you thought could be better, but do y'all have any thoughts about like, what you think the show could improve on? Mm. 
a pretty big point. So I gotta think about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, it seems like, I mean, just from sort of a, a smaller perspective, like they've gone back to telling it, like smaller stories yeah. in these final episodes, like the prom night or whatever, even though that kind of tied into the, the bigger picture, it still was a, a smaller story where it was almost a monster of the week in a lot of ways. And the one last week where they were kind of back in the office and they were talking about, you know, the, the paper and, and writing stories, I felt that that was very much something that seemed to not fit with the overall rest of the season. Hmm. It just seemed, it seemed like a call out that was enjoyable because I got to learn a little bit more about, you know, the, the outside, the, the, you know, what else has been going on since the start. Um, but I, I was wondering why they, they stuck that one in there where they did. Uh, you mean in terms of the CatCo stuff? Yeah. It just I, seemed like I they, think they just had to get Cara back to work because she had been gone for so long and she hadn't shown up to work in a while. Uh, and yeah. and CatCo has been such a, a big part of the show. It was huge, in the, especially the first season. Um, it's been kind of something that doesn't show up a lot in the comics and some of the, like the Supergirl rebirth especially had some cat code because they were trying to kind of go with the show. Uh, but uh, but it's uh, it's something that I think they want to kind of go back because all, all great final seasons go back to the beginning. Um, and so I think they're trying to, to get back to that. But it, it, it was, I guess, to your point, a little jarring because we, we hadn't really spent a lot of time there. Um, but, uh, but I think they're trying to work it in with the Andrea, you know, search, you know, hunt for the super friends, I guess, what she's yeah. doing now. I, was, I liked her little, you know, her, her whiteboard behind her that had all the different murder board. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. all the listings also of the, the different publications. I was like, oh, they were, you know, reading through. That was kind of like a little Easter egg tie-in to the other shows that have different papers. You know, they had the, you know, like, Gotham Gazette or something. Her rankings board. Yes. Yes, the yeah. rankings board. It's like, oh, we're down again. Yeah, we're number eight. Yeah, they're number three now, so okay. let's yeah. let's Daily see. Planet was still it's gonna it's gonna be tough to beat the Daily Planet. So we do the Arctic, so we're weak behind. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, one of these days, the you know, uh, Catco, whatever it is, a newspaper, magazine, uh, television program. I'm not really sure. Uh, one of these days, it'll get up there. The radio show. I think they had you know Leslie Willis had a radio show. Um, so uh, I guess talking about the Super Friends, we had a new development recently where uh, Kelly Elson. Uh, Olsen decided to become Guardian, the new Guardian. So, uh, what are y'all's thoughts about that? I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I like I like to have that character be the next Guardian. That's how. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that. I like that it was done. I like the episode in which it was done, where she's um, you know working with the kids who are sort of in. Uh, a bit of a foster home situation and superpowers. It was pretty fast, it, yeah. and my initial response to the episode is, "This is this is rushed." You know, we get one episode and suddenly she's guardian. But I suppose the alternative would be dragging it out and not really getting to see her be guardian. It's only the origin story of her becoming guardian. Mm -hmm. So I understand the trade-off that went into that. But ultimately, the decision to have her take up her brother's mantle. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's a good fit, arguably a better fit than what they set up when they set James up to be Guardian. Yeah, that's 
she had the, the connection, the emotional connection to create a character like that. Right. Yeah, and she can she can build on what her brother has done. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, the, the James Guardian story, uh, you know, it kind of, they kind of played it with the uh, the uh, sort of, I guess, hero complex. He'd been such a sidekick for so long, he wanted to be a hero, and uh, so I guess you could play it like that. But it's interesting to me, uh, the Guardian storyline with Kelly is actually more comic book accurate, uh, because uh, Guardian in the comics, the Jim Harper uh, Guardian, uh, actually works with, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Orphan Kids, and... <laughs> He has, a, he has a team called the Newsboy Legion, which I love. Oh, that's a like, It's these like little news, like if you think of the movie Newsies, or I guess the Broadway musical, uh, but he has these little newsies that will go around and be like confidential informants for him. Uh, so I love the Newsboy Legion. And so I don't know if they would do like uh, that kind of thing on Supergirl, but um, but the fact that she is tied to these like, you know, orphan kids, and, uh, and that's actually to me a little more <laughs> comic book accurate. And I think it's kind of cool they, um, James never had any real color on his costume. It was yeah. very, you know, silver, kind of generic looking. But uh, but Kelly's is, you know, well, I don't want to spoil anything. I, I, I do have an official picture released. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's not really a spoiler because it's out there in the public. But uh, she's, she's going to have a more golden look. And there is a golden guardian in the comics. And so I think that's co- kind of cool because then you can have two guardians. There's actually three guardians in the comics. Uh, there's another one uh, named Hornblower, which is kind of a silly name, but uh, he has like a special magical horn. Um, but uh, so there, uh, so it's cool that they they didn't just like make her the new guardian and replace James. He can still have his guardian, and she can have her guardian. So I think that's that's really cool that they were able to make them so different. Um, okay, so uh, we've had nine episodes of season six so far. Uh, what is your favorite episode that they've aired uh, in the season? For me, it would be the one with the, the fear dreams, mm-hmm. uh, and the second one would be the prom one because that was just funny. <laughs> uh, there were two parts, so well, the, the second part. The second part, the second okay. Because I thought, I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Brainiac fan, um, and that's what actually got me into the show. Was you know, I I was watching one of the episodes, and from like last year, I thought, now. Brainiac, he's he's not green and he's not a bad guy. And I had always grown up thinking Brainiac was green and a bad guy, so I had to find out more of because they kept calling him Brainiac, and I was like, that's gotta be Brainiac. So how did he, you know, how did he, how did this character that I knew from the comics become part of you know team team good guys? So yeah, that's a big part of Brainiac. Five's character is that he is the you know the uh, descendant, I guess of uh, Brainiac, who is green and is a bad guy. Um, so that's that's one of the things he has to overcome. So yeah, that was a, a really big uh, feature for Brainiac 5. He, yeah. he joined the baseball team and the Glee Club and all that kind of stuff. I know, I, that, just, that just made me laugh. He was trying so hard. And he get, you know, he suddenly roped into all these these high school things, and he's just so gung-ho about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. early appearances, he's so insecure about it. He's like, Please, Supergirl, don't judge me because my ancestor was a space pirate who captured Pandor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's all like, could he really be evil because he's bringing back fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's so, also cute. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Supergirl has had, you know, a, a history of uh, considering him to be a romantic interest in the comics, so uh, that's really interesting. Uh, so anybody else have a favorite episode so far? Hard to choose, but I'd have to go with the prom. 
Okay. You know, both parts, because I appreciated both parts of that. And what did you like specifically about that? I liked the awkward situations of dealing with, um, you know, being in the past to accomplish something, but not wanting to interfere with this part of the past, and then just the humor of the situations they get into. So I, I like both the complexity of their task and the, the, the humor that comes from dumb mistakes. <laughs> I mentioned earlier, I really do like the episode where Kelly eventually is taking up the mantle of Guardian, but yeah. right before she does, where she does right at the end of the episode. And it's not just because of her storyline, although that episode was really great, and that was where I was initially like, oh, this this one should have been the two or three-parter. This is the yeah. one where we Yeah, yeah, I could have stressed it. But in that episode, we also have as the, I don't know, I guess it'd be the B-plot, um, an interesting sort of storyline for Kara and William and and the rest of them over at um, CatCo, where they're doing this whole, you know, we need to interview, you know, the, the super friends sort of thing. And the whole super friends thing, I, I find a little, like the moniker, I find a little cheesy, but the um, kind of the ethical situation that is discussed there, I found kind of interesting and revealing about Kara's character in a short amount of time. So overall, I found that to be a very well-balanced episode. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, we don't really need to do story with the Super Friends. That's right. totally not something we need to do. That's not the story. It's totally not the story. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting uh, thing to point out. And Dreamweaver, the episode that just aired last week, it also had a big dreamer uh, story with uh, kind of going into a dream realm and uh, making a deal with uh, the devil, I guess, <laughs> as it were. Uh, so I guess that uh, maybe is a good way to talk about uh, what I guess, or I guess who, is the big bad of the season. So we met Mixley, who's a fifth dimensional imp in the Phantom Zone, and she uh, traveled back to Earth. And uh, so I was curious, what, what do y'all think about Mixley so far as a, as a villain? She's got potential. <laughs> because you don't know where, when she's, going to be trying to be good to is she roping people in that way by you know killing them with kindness <laughs> but yeah she's she's interesting to me because she's not approaching being a villain like Lex does she's not like straight up about it um, so yeah I, I want to know a little more about her I guess uh, what her motivations are because she seems to be very she, she's got some goal, some purpose that I'm not putting my finger on yet as to what, why she wants to be there, what, what she wants out of this particular team. Because she latched onto Kara, I think, is more than just a way to get out of the Phantom Zone. I just keep thinking she's got something else going on that we don't know yet. She is persuasive, she is charming, she reads people well, those are the kinds of villains I like. I think it's very interesting and she, in her initial encounter with Dreamer, I think exposed sort of the, some newness and naivety with Dreamer, which sometimes we don't I, don't, I don't think we always see. I think there are instances where Dreamer is almost portrayed as OP overpowered mm -hmm. um, and 
coming up against this villain that's kind of taken down a bit. So I, I think she has the potential to be a good fit for this season. Yeah, I, I get frustrated with Dreamer a little bit and her powers because she doesn't really have a flaw. You know, Supergirl has kryptonite and, uh, you know, Brainiac 5 has overeating and emotional issues. <laughs> So, uh, well, I guess not overeating, he's stressing. He's stressing. He's stressing, he's stressing. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify. Um, so there, there's not really a flaw to like what, I guess one of her flaws would be uh, that she doesn't fully understand how to interpret her dreams. I think she's yeah. getting better at them. Um, she also needs more experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so there is, there is a little bit of that, but I guess part of a, a flaw for Dreamer would be sort of an emotional tie to her family. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that they introduced that, even though I was so frustrated with her. I was like, no, don't make that deal. <laughs> um, but uh, but I guess that's a way to uh, sort of pay off what they had been setting up earlier in the, uh, the Midvale episodes, uh, where she, she kind of wanted to call her mom in the past and she didn't do it. Um, so I think that that's, that's something that could uh, play out throughout the rest of the season. I, I really love Nixley. Um, it looks like she's got, you know, the villain high collar, which I love. Um, and so uh, she's, she's a lot of fun. I like the imps. Um, the fifth dimensional imps, like like Mixley, or, well, Mixley and Mixie, uh, they, uh, they're so powerful. I mean, they are one of the most powerful characters. I mean, that, that group of characters is powerful. They can make anything happen. They can create anything with a snap. So I'm excited to see what kind of trouble she's going to cause in National City. I hope she causes a lot of trouble because uh, she uh, she could potentially be really, really fun. And uh, so I'm hoping that we'll get some Nixley and Mixie together um, oh because that would, be, that would be a real treat to see two imps on the show and see what kind of trouble they, they come up with. Because Mixie was actually, you know, I mean, he's been on the show twice and uh, he's been a lot of fun both times. So, uh, so that was good. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess we never really talked about uh, our favorite characters. We've we spent a lot of time with these characters on the show, uh, and I know you're itching to talk about Lena Luthor. So, uh, oh, did you guys you know favorite? that my favorite character is Lena Luthor? Have I mentioned that? <laughs> <laughs> so, what about what about Lena? Do you like? Well, she's charming. She's persuasive. She's all the things I like in a villain, but she's not a villain. So. Really can't complain. It, she's also really, really um, hot. <laughs> that, that helps a lot. <laughs> I, I think she, you know, she has such good chemistry with everybody on the show. So whether she is supposed to be convincingly a sibling to Lex or a daughter to her mother, her friendships, her romantic relationships, everything that is thrown at her, she handles well. And there have been moments in this season, certainly, but across the show, for sure, where the writing has had its ups and downs, as is always the case with any TV show. You kind of have to find your your flow. And even in instances where I didn't necessarily love her storyline or, you know, I, I was worried they were going to take it, you know, too far into villainy or too far into redemption. She was going to be too good or too bad. She always still handles each of those situations in a really entertaining way. It is even entertaining to see her in scenes where she has very little power or I don't like what she's doing, whatever. So that's kind of why she's my favorite. I mean, it, it's very transfixing to watch her on screen. And it was interesting recently we got to see um, some kind of new interactions with characters for her that she doesn't often get to interact with. So we saw her interact with Dreamer and that was really 
that was really fun and that was a really interesting experience because you have a character who we mentioned with Dreamer, she kind of lacks experience and has a lot of naivety and she wants to do good so badly but she's not always great at doing it. And you contrast that to Lena. Lena's got tons of experience and she definitely knows what to do, but she doesn't always want to do the right thing. You know, there's a little bit of a mixed bag. She's got some mixed I mean, motives. she did, you know, lock car in her case bias with kryptonite one time. Okay, but she did it with love. <laughs> <laughs> and she also did try to mind control the world one time. Okay, but they had it coming. But she was only trying to eliminate those negatives. She was just trying to make people nicer. It was fine. Yeah. She was trying to give us peace on earth. Right. <laughs> yeah, She's never done anything wrong with day in her life. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious uh, with your thoughts on Lena, because uh, we, we have a new development for Lena this season, because now she is on a path to possibly hunt down, or at least not hunt down. That's a terrible way to say that. Uh, to find her mother, to, to or to reconnect with her mother's side, maybe. I don't know if we know her mother's alive, but she's kind of looking for something about her family. So what do you what what are your speculations on what's happening there? I think we're what we're getting is a part of her journey that's not closely tied to Kara. I happen to love Lena and Kara's interaction. I agree they have great chemistry, and in a show that's lacking romance, I'll take whatever I can get, right? But it is really rewarding to see Lena have a storyline of her own that is not necessarily specifically tied to her villainy brother or specifically tied to Kara's personal development. So that is really nice. There's a lot of question marks and mystery around it thus far, but I have no doubt that even if the storyline doesn't go the direction that I'm hoping, which is Lena discovering a little bit more about the mixed kind of good and evil in her, I still think it'll be entertaining because it's Lena Luther. What are you going to do? Look away when she's on screen? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, going down that uh, that line, um, uh, what do you what do y'all think, think about uh, Lena as well? What are, what are yeah, I, I love her character. I love that she's allowed to be smart. Yes, and yet she's a, a you know a brilliant scientist, and they let her win. <laughs> you know they don't they don't. She's allowed to be a functional part of the team and contribute without necessarily being uh, like sub I don't know how to how to phrase it subordinate to someone else's story. So she contributes on her own. Um, and I also noticed too that this season, as she went more from shades of gray to the the light side, that they changed the makeup. So she has a much softer face now because when she was more on the you know you're she's riding the fence she was very stark and and harsh in the makeup she looked really pretty both ways <laughs> <laughs> but i i noticed that they kind of took the the fit you know it, the inside the emotional change kind of is reflected in her physical change now too i've often thought that uh when lena wears her hair up that's more of kind of a villainous turn yeah, for her um, and then she has her hair down and the harder lipstick yeah, yeah. line and the, the eyeliner and now it's very soft so she's kind of more on um, you know physically looking like a good guy as opposed to a bad guy right, right. Mm -hmm. do you have any uh, thoughts on lena um i like the fact that she's a very complex character mm -hmm. that she's very very smart and very very driven 
but at the same time she does have compassion and self-doubt that pops up at the weirdest times and there, you can never be exactly sure how she's going to react to any one situation because there's so many different facets and you never know which one is going to be dominant this time and I'm, I'm not to say that she's multiple personality disorder or anything like that just that she's a person who has who considers many different angles right and what was with was it last season where where she first learned you know that Kara was Supergirl and had been cut out of that insider knowledge all these years and that really deeply hurt her and you know with a with a, a one-dimensional character you she you wouldn't see that 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 really had an emotional impact on her so that kind of endeared her to me that she really feels things very deeply even if she doesn't really show it yeah she uh, she took that pretty hard she created a, a robot inside of her minion yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah she took that pretty pretty hard um well do y'all have any other um uh favorite characters on the show and and talk about kind of what they're doing in season six to be honest my my favorite character actually is Kara. same here yeah that's but that that is not that is not a bad thing i mean i know most most shows you end up yeah, you're supposed to come in for the fake for the main character and then everybody falls for the, the side characters but i really like kara i like the way that they portray her i like the both the the supergirl personality and the kara personality and the fact that they're pretty close but there is a difference um i still find it amazing that people don't look at the two and go you know you an awful lot, right? <laughs> That's suspension, suspension, disbelief. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, what are your thoughts on Kara in season six? Or do you have any hopes for her as, as she goes forward? Um, I hope that she actually gets, gets to know her father a little bit more. I think that's a, a wonderful like reward for her for all the years that she has come and basically she's been a hard-working um, servant to her parents plans hi we're going to send you to this other planet yeah to save your life we also want you to take care of your your little cousin and all this and then throughout it all without her with all of her time spent in the phantom zone getting here and finding out oh her little cousin is now her little cousin. And having to deal with all that throughout all of this, she's always been very dedicated to, well, my parents want me to do this, I'm gonna do this. But she only remembers her parents from when she was a tiny little kid to actually get to interact with her father now as an adult and see, see him as a real person, it can, help you connect with your with yourself and finding out okay it's okay for me to have a flaw here and a flaw there because dad's not perfect either sometimes in the comics he is a villain yeah he, he comes cyborg superman and does a lot of uh wild things so it's interesting here in the show they try to uh he has had some flaws he, yes, uh, yes. He, he's uh, he's done some things that maybe he shouldn't have 
Uh, but he was again, you know, doing it for the right reasons. Um, so it's interesting that they've taken this this turn with him to, to really kind of. I, the, the way that he, Jason Bear played him a little bit at one point made me wonder, like, yeah, what's going on with yeah, him? There's, there's um, but, still yeah. potential for it to all blow up in her face, but I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, now she has the potential to have a happy ending with both of her parents. Uh, yeah. Because Laura is on Argo, and we, we heard that uh, Brainy transported him back to, to Argo, mm -hmm. um, which I wish we could have seen. I yeah. Wish, I wish I we could have seen, seen that reunion between Kara and her parents, but. Um, but, you know, I guess they have to make room for other things because uh, that's not important to see Cara reunited with her parents. Um, I don't have the budget for the special effects for the city or something. Yeah, possibly, you know, to, to get us back to Argo. Um, but, yeah, so I think there are some, you know, good things that are going on with, with Cara with the, the limited time they've had with Melissa this season, so it's good. Um, so do you yeah. have a, a, any thoughts? Yeah, team, team Brady here. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just a fun character. And I love the fact that, like, they gave him emotional growth because when he took the regulators off, now he has to learn how to deal with himself. Um, and he he kind of has almost a, a comedic element at times. Mm -hmm. The episode where there were all the multiple brainiacs was funny. <laughs> it was like the, the Harrison Wells on Flash, where you had the Council of Wells, you had like the Council of Brainiacs. Um, and so, I mean, that must have been really challenging to play as an actor because you're having to play like 10 different versions of yourself and act, you know, and then go over here and re respond to yourself. So, now from the film side of thing, I just really admired what he did. I mean, that would be challenging as an actor to do. Yeah, so. yeah, Jesse, Jesse Rath is such a good actor and um, for what they've given him to do, he's really knocked it out of the park. And, um, I, I think it's a... Uh, it's really cool because Jesse, as a, or, you know, as a person in real life, is actually a big fan of the Legion of Superheroes. He he's read all the comics and uh, he has his own Legion ring that he wears around. Um, so he, um, I think, sometimes will uh, have input on what they do with the character, how they dress him, how he, you know, gets portrayed. Um, so I love that he takes the extra effort to be invested in the character as well. Because I, I just get the feeling when I'm watching it, he is having a blast yeah. playing the character. Mm -hmm. And some of his emotional moments, I mean, just really painfully, you know, heartbreaking dark. And that he, you know, uh, what was it? He was he was dying in that, that room and sacrificing himself. And it just, I, I really feel for for his character and just his place on the team as a whole. Yeah, and he's got a, a, some good interactions with Lena. They've learned how to, you know, throw the tiny boxes away and uh, open up those emotions. Uh, so they did uh, get some really good emotional growth uh, with Brainy. And I, I think some of the ways that they played uh, Brainy and Mia together as well have, have been pretty strong, the, the, the way they interact with each other and sort of support each other's stories as characters, which I think is really great. Um, okay, so let me check the time. Okay, so we got about 20 minutes left. So I wanted to sort of pose this out because we're still kind of in the middle of the season. Uh, we have, I think, 11 episodes left. I think we go to episode 20. So we're still, we're not even halfway just yet. So we've still got a little bit more story to tell. Uh, but I was just curious, what do you see happening in the final season? Or do you have expectations? Do you have things you want you want to see before it ends? No, I'm, I'm just eager to see what they do. I'm not going to put any any uh, preconceived notions on it myself. 
Yeah, same here. I always like to be surprised by where the story goes, where the writers take characters or take the story. So I try to avoid spoilers altogether. And I, I because I mean, whatever I come up with, guaranteed the writers thought about it and were like, yeah, that wouldn't work at all. And so I like to just kind of take it. Although I don't, I really don't want to see another trash monster. That was just kind of, yeah, kind of lame. Oh, but the trash monster was actually Kellex that turned into, that was a big uh, twist to me. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, Kellex turned into the trash monster. Uh, so that was really fun because Kellex has been a character that we've seen kind of on and off on Supergirl. Uh, I think the last time we saw Kellex in the Fortress was in season four. So we haven't seen him for a while to, to get to see Kellex again. And he has a uh, an un, unknown reason that he uh, he and Brainiac 5 have a beef with each other. Nobody really knows why Brainy hates Kellex, but uh, it's a really fun dynamic. So for me to see, <laughs> I, I understand the trouble. I'm going in and he, you know. Yeah, I mean, the trash monster was a little ridiculous. They had to, you know, hit on climate change, I guess, before the end of the show. But uh, but to see Kellex show up again was a real treat for me. The show kind of treats social justice issues as like a collection. Like you got to get them all, go like yeah. Pokemon. Like you got to catch them all. I, I actually really like when comic book shows touch on social justice issues. It's just this particular show is very heavy handed. Yeah. They're like, we're not sure if you're gonna get what our metaphor is, so we're gonna make it very clear and say it multiple times. But you know, I'm always in this position where I'm like, I'm on the same side as you, but like, can you just can you say it better? Can you just be like a little more subtle? I'm begging. So. Not going in with preconceived notions and being ready to be surprised sounds so healthy and well adjusted. I love that. <laughs> I wish that were me. I've got strong opinions. <laughs> when it comes to the ending of this show, I really actually just want Kara to have a happy ending. Yeah. I want that happy ending to have love. I want it to have romance. I want to see her appreciated by humanity. I'm, I, I'm often kind of hard on on heroes. I know I reference like the Flash at the top of this, where I, I you know, I'm very hard on Barry Allen. I, I, I can make the pitch that he's a villain, right? And I'm not rooting. I mean, there's an argument to be made. There is. We will talk about that. But when it comes to Kara, she is so deeply good. She has kept so much of her goodness throughout this. She has grown so much, and I really want her to have a happy ending. And I, I have, you know, kind of very specific elements that I want to be a part of that. I do want to see her with her family and to have a family and to retain her love of humanity and to be loved back by humanity. I also want to see Lena have a happy ending for many similar reasons, just based on everything she's been through and everything she's sacrificed and what she's done for this team. There are a lot of really interesting and dynamic and fun side characters but truly those two are the ones where I, I really just want to see them be happy in the end and I have a very specific concept of what that what happiness looks like for them but I, I, I guess I want to be surprised and trust the writers I wish I was that chill yeah that's, that's, that's really I hard I agree I'd like to see if I did have a wish it'd be to see Lena get a happy ending because she has suffered a lot and she's she been through a lot of a lot of back and forth so i hope she lands on the side of full 
<laughs> yeah, it did seem like at one point at the end of season five, they were teasing that they were going to take down Lex. So I wonder if uh, Lena's end point will be to finally put her brother away because he sort of talks himself out of jail this season. So I guess they wanted to bring him back and so they couldn't couldn't put him in jail for a long time. I know, just get him out somehow. So I think, um, I think that could be part of it is that, you know, Maybe she, maybe her mother's alive and she reconnects with her and, uh, you know, puts puts her brother away finally. Um, I wonder if we can put him in one of the cubby holes in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> you know, that would be a good use for that. I, actually, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got them all there. They need to put something there. Nick Fleet versus Lex, and they both end up back in the Phantom Zone. That's that's perfect. <laughs> I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, it's it's tough with expectations because um, because I I love Supergirl so much and I love. Uh, you know all the different eras of the history of the, the you know the comics, and it's been a little frustrating for me. You know, season four through season six because there has been limited nods to Supergirl's mythology, her history that dates back to 1959. So you know, I go into the show you know wanting to see Comet the Super Horse, and that never happened. Uh, so I'm trying to go in with low expectations of you know not wanting to see certain things just seeing kind of how the story plays out because they may not give me you know all the things you know i'm not going to get soap opera supergirl she was a soap opera actress at one point in the comics so i'm not going to get that uh probably but uh but but i kind of want you know just like you all you know i want car to have a good ending that's that's kind of my main <laughs> they can play around with everything else just you know really stick it to the the landing panic having a good ending for car because my my great fear is that you know there's there's a superman show every 10 years there's always going to be a superman show every 10 years they they can't help themselves but to do a superman show um but a supergirl show might be harder to get again and um i think we were very fortunate to get a supergirl show in the first place uh so my, my great fear is that it won't end well um and and that we won't have another one so I'm hoping that, you know, my, my greatest hope for the show is that it just really sticks to the landing and, and tells a really good car story by the end of it. Uh, because uh, I, it, it does frustrate me a little bit that, you know, we have all these great characters, but sometimes I feel like the, the show puts too much emphasis on the other characters. Mm -hmm. And there's not, like there was a, an episode this season, Welcome Back, Kara. And it had a lot of Kara in it. And I was so shocked that there was so much. I mean, it, was, it was an episode about Kara. And I was loving it. it. That's probably, to talk about my favorite episode, I think Welcome Back Kara was my favorite episode just because it dealt with Kara's fallout from being in the Phantom Zone and really dealt with her emotions. So uh, I think that's that's one thing that I hope the show kind of leads into it. They're gonna have to you know, get Kelly to be Guardian and they're gonna have to probably uh, do some romance with Alex and Kelly, and I hope they, you know, adopt that little adorable girl that we met at the foster care, foster care home. Uh, so they, they have to, you know, touch on all these other characters and kind of wrap their story, which is hard for yeah. the final season, you know, to, to wrap up all the characters and have everyone in a good place by the end of it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they get there, I guess is kind of my expectation. Just, uh, uh, so I guess um, one of the things, I guess along those lines, if you could pitch an episode of the show, like if you could pitch a story to the showrunners and say, hey, this is this is an idea or a story I would love to tell on the show, and they gave you the opportunity to do it, what would you want to do? <laughs> Does anybody have any thoughts? Do you, do you have a pitch for the showrunners? They might be listening, I don't know. 
<laughs> like if you could expand on a character's arc a, a, a little bit. A brainy spinoff. All about him. <laughs> what would you, what what more would you want to know about Brainy Five? He's just he's just fun. I want to see him have adventures. They mentioned uh, uh, at one point. It was just kind of a mention, but uh, they mentioned his mother at one point. I would be interested in how he has a mother because he's yeah. kind of half you know uh, half of a robot basically. <laughs> so I'd be curious about Brainy's family and where he comes and the lineage uh, from Brainiac. So I think there's there's more story to tell there. They could put him on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, oh, he'd be a great Oh, he'd fit in right back. <laughs> he, he could probably help them time travel. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes Rainey's had trouble with time travel, but they could probably figure it out. This is, I, I don't know if this is trophy, but we haven't seen them leave the city other than going to other you know dimensions or you know terrible places bad places no good very bad uh, right right it would be kind of fun to see them leave the city more kind of a, a vacation type of thing and they're still you know fighting some monster killing somebody i don't know you know but maybe the episode ends with them like chilling on a beach or something. Is it like going on a beach vacation? Yeah, yeah. something kind of nice. Something where you get to see them like relax for a little bit. And yes, still have the same amount of conflict. Everybody gets their fight scene. Don't worry, I'm not going to turn this into a half hour sitcom. <laughs> but maybe just something outside of the city. Okay, I'm going to yes and to that. Okay, so yes. they go to the beach yeah. and they have an adventure in Atlantis. Ooh. I think you might work in Atlanteans there. I think we've only seen Supergirl underwater once. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the very beginning of season three, Supergirl actually has to go in the water. And I thought that was so cool. Like, oh, she's swimming. Uh, so I think that would be really fun to, you know, go down and, you know, yeah. maybe hang out with, you know, I don't know if Arthur Curry could show up or Lori Lamaris might be down there. She meets Jero the Merboy, who is a character in the Supergirl, mm -hmm. has a car showing in the, in the Silver Age. Uh, so I think that would be really fun. That would be kind of a, you know, a quirky episode that, you know, could uh, end with some, you know, I don't know what you drink on the beach, mojitos, yeah. cocktails, I don't know. That in like a very CW way, but like CW at its best, you yeah. know, where like everybody looks like a little too pretty. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like a, a bit much, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll, you know, my ties by the beach. Yeah, no, I think that'd be fun. They do have beaches in Vancouver, so it's mm -hmm. conceivable. You go. got all these actors, and they're like freezing on a beach in Vancouver, <laughs> trying to act like it's like sunny in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, National City in season one, uh, because they shot in Los Angeles, it had a, National City had a lot of palm trees. Yeah. yeah. So it would sort of fit in with the aesthetic they were going for early in the season or, or early in the show. Anybody else have any ideas that they would throw out if they could have their dream episode? Yeah, I guess, I guess it's too early in the morning for me to be creative. Yeah, um. yeah that's, a, that's a lot to ask on a Monday at Dragon Yeah, Club. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Yeah, I guess um, my my thing that I would have pitched, and I know I mentioned Comet the Superverse before, but um, uh, the Comet is uh, the weirdest, probably the weirdest character in all of DC Comics. Um, he's kind of part man, part horse, and I find that uh, very quirky and endearing. Uh, but I always thought it would be fun to have like Supergirl maybe vacationing on a, you know, a ranch or something, you know, get car on a horse. Why, why not do that? 
so I, I always thought that would be kind of a fun thing to like put her in, I don't know if she'd be in the Wild West or she would just be like out on a ranch somewhere. Camp uh, Farm. Oh, the Camp Farm. She, she can be common at the Camp Farm. That's a great idea. Uh, so I think that uh, I think that would have been really fun, but I understand the um, the pushback to that maybe from the showrunners. They, they might hesitate to have a magical horse on the show. I can see why that could be goofy. Uh, <laughs> so with, with Constantine on Legends, they've introduced magic. So yeah. It's and, part of the verse. And they've had Kryptonian witches mm-hmm. on the show. So a Kryptonian Selena, you know, Kryptonian yeah, witch Rain, kick Rain, had magic. Rain was magically powered. Yeah. Yeah, I think the witches created her kind of, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, so it's interesting, like, Titans has a full-on crypto the super dog. Like, it's not just, you know, a dog that is just part of the family's pet. Like, he's he's a white dog with heat vision, and he flies, you know. So it can be done. Uh, super pets on uh, live action can be done. So I think kind of leaning into some of that, more of uh, Supergirl's history, I think, would be something that I would love to see. Uh, but I, I don't know if they'll ever do it. But I would... I would pitch Comet the Super Horse all day. I think that would be <laughs> really, really fun. Uh, so um, I guess uh, since we are kind of coming down to the time, uh, it's the final season. We are not going to get any episodes after, I think, November 9th, I think is the last episode. Um, so what are you going to take away from the show when it's over? What, how are you going to remember the show? Uh, and like, how do you, what do you think the show's legacy will be? Well, for me, I had never read any of the Supergirl comics, so I didn't know any of these characters at all. So for me, it's I will have expanded my knowledge of, of DC characters and will know know them very well as far as um, their individual personalities and capabilities and such. So I'll have something to, to fall back on if I go into other... Um, other shows that are based in that area. And so, uh, so is Melissa the Oyster yeah. first Supergirl? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I missed the first movie, although I do remember it happening. I never actually made it to see the. Um, I spaced your name, Slater. Uh, Helen Slater. Helen Slater. I knew it's like Slater was the Slater was there. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's morning, and I am not a morning person. <laughs> But um, yeah, this was really my first real introduction to, to Supergirl, and I found her a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah same here. It's, it's expanded my knowledge about this side of DC because I grew up as a, a New Teen Titans. That was my DC yeah, title yeah. that I that I That was my favorite too. <laughs> so, so knowing these things now and especially from your more in-depth understanding i do want to go back and watch the first seasons so i can understand the side of this generation of storytelling in the dc universe more i'm so excited for you to get to meet uh, calista flockhart's cat grant <laughs> uh, you're gonna love her that's gonna be good. i'm sort of jealous that you get the chance to discover her for the first time that's awesome i have an answer but yeah you want to go ahead first well there's something that hits on like three of the topics the reason you should go back and watch the first seasons 
favorite character and what I'd like to see is Win. I miss him so oh, much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like fell in love with him because he's the smart, nerdy guy, cute guy. I wish you that. So I miss him. And I'd like to see him come back, hopefully in the finale. That's a good, that's a good one. Win is a great character. I think what I take away from this incarnation of Supergirl is, you know, when we see this, the, the super family, when we see Superman, when we see supers come to Earth, what they do is they fall in love with humanity. And it is always, for me, it's always rewarding to see. But what was so interesting about this version of Kara falling in love with humanity is that she does not just fall in love with the bright, shining Lois Lane. She falls in love with flawed humans. She has, you know, friends like Lena who have dark sides and, and are hard to love and she loves them deeply. She has a quirky or unstable friends. She has difficult <laughs> but very great bosses like Cat Grant. And in every case with these hard to love humans who are not, you know, the perfect Lois, she still falls in love with them. And, I, and that has been really rewarding to see. That's one of the reasons why I root so hard for romance on this show because it is really nice to see Kara love and be loved, not just because of the romance aspect, but because it's part of her broader storyline of really loving difficult humans. So I, I hope to see that for the rest of the season, but overall, that is what I take away from it. Yeah, I think for me, there are probably uh, maybe three uh, things that would probably, I would say would be Supergirl's legacy. Uh, one, just to prove that a, a female-led superhero show could be successful and it sort of redeemed the Helen Slater movie a little bit mm -hmm. uh, because a, a lot of people think it's goofy and it is, I mean, it is. Uh, but, but I think, you know, that was seen as such a failure and to have um, six seasons of a Supergirl TV series, I think redeems that a little bit. Uh, I also think the addition to Alex Danvers uh, mm -hmm. had for Supergirl to have a sister is a yes, big deal. That, helped a lot. Um, that she doesn't have a sister in in the comics, and so I think that's a really big addition. Now, when people go read comics, they're going to be like, "Where is Alex?" Uh, so I, I think that was such a, a great and smart uh, way to to handle that when the show was introduced. And I think to your point initially, Spec, um, the I talk to Supergirl fans all the time. Mm -hmm. I do I, part of my weekly routine, and one of the things I like to ask them is, "How did you meet the character Supergirl?" And so often I hear because of the TV show, because of most of the noise. And for me, that's that's really wonderful to hear that people are coming to the character of Supergirl through this show. This show, even if I have so many problems with the writing and some of the choices <laughs> they make. It's introducing new fans mm -hmm. and developing yeah. new fans. And so I think that's really great. And Melissa has just been so awesome. She's yeah. such a perfect portrayal of Supergirl. And uh, so I mean, we were very fortunate <laughs> that she she was cast in the role because she's done such a good job. So I, th I think there's some, some great legacies that the show is going to leave even after it's over. So, all right. Well, I guess uh, let's wrap up here. Um, uh, let, me, let me do one thing. I, was, I had something to give away. Uh, for people in the audience. So uh, if you want to raise your hand and tell me who your favorite character is and why, I will give you this uh, this book about Supergirl. So does anybody have a favorite character that they they want to talk about? Yeah. Lena Luthor. And, <laughs> and why? Why is Lena your favorite character? 
Sharon Marie Antoinette Palmer's out there, so. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm, I'm mostly on Twitter, so it'd be at AniCat, A-N-I-C-A-T. Um, I tweet a lot of film stuff, so if you're interested in film and filmmakers and film-related stuff, then that's kind of what I do. And I'm Tammy Ray on all social media and YouTube where I do a live stream every week where I talk about the woman that made TV great that week, the men that made it kind of maybe okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I'm Rebecca Johnson. I'm with uh, Supergirl Radio. It's my podcast that I host every week. And uh, you can find us at supergirlradio.com. I've also got some business cards if you uh, don't want to have to remember all of that. Uh, but uh, feel free to sh- uh, you know share your thoughts and theories with us at supergirlradio.gmail.com. And uh, thank you for joining us on Monday morning at 10 a.m. at Dragon Con, because I know everyone is exhausted, probably. But I hope you all had a great time at Dragon Con, and enjoy the final season of Supergirl.